0: Execute him. Execute the son of a bitch, she shouted. Once Peter arrived and talked to her, she understood. The medics had tried, but it was over, Peter explained. His lips moved, but she couldn't hear the words. He was too calm, she thought, her mind ferocious, too calm. She wanted her husband to bludgeon Landra to death. She saw it clearly, though she was a small closed-up woman who had never done harm in her life, she wanted blood everlasting. Her ten-year-old daughter had been ill that morning, stayed home from school. Still feverish, she came down the stairs and crept into the room. Her mother disliked it when she and her brother made a mess, threw his toys in heaps, dumped them all out of the toy box. Quietly, the daughter took the toys out of the box and laid them here and there. Her mother saw them and knelt down suddenly, put the toys away. She spoke harshly to her daughter. Can you not make a mess? Is it in you to not make a mess? When the toys were back in, she started screaming again. The daughter took the toys out. The mother slammed them into the toy box. Every time her mother crouched down and picked up the toys, the grown-ups looked away and talked loudly to cover her words. The girl's name was Maggie, after her great aunt, Maggie Peace. The girl had pale, luminous skin, and her hair was chestnut brown. It lay on her shoulders in a sly wave. Dusty's hair had been a scorched blonde, the same color as the deer. He'd been wearing a tan t-shirt, and it was hunting season, although that wouldn't have mattered on the side of the boundary where Landro had shot at the deer. The acting tribal police chief, Zach Peace, and the county coroner, an 82-year-old retired nurse named Georgie Mighty, were already overwhelmed. The day before, there had been a frontal collision at 2.30 a.m., just after the bars closed. None of the dead in either car were wearing seatbelts. The state coroner was traveling in the area and stopped at the reservation to expedite the paperwork. Zach had been struggling with this side of things when the call about Dusty came in. He paused to put his head on the desk before he called Georgie, who would persuade the coroner to stay a few more hours and examine the child so that the family could have an immediate funeral. Now Zach had to call Emmeline. As cousins, they'd grown up together. He was trying to hold his tears back. He was too young for his job and anyway, too good-hearted to be a tribal cop. He'd come over later on, he said. So Emmeline knew about it while her children were still at school. She'd come home to meet them. Emmeline stepped to the door and watched her older children get off the bus. They walked toward the house with their heads down, hands flapping at the grasses as they crossed the ditch, and she knew they had also heard. Hollis who'd lived with them since he was little, Snow, Josette, Willard. Nobody on the reservation gets a name like Willard and doesn't pick up a nickname, so Willard was Coochie. Now her youngest boy was stumbling down to meet them, La Rose. He was the same age as Nola's boy. She and Nola had been pregnant at the same time, but Emmeline had gone to the Indian Health Service Hospital. Three months had passed before she'd met Nola's baby. But the two boys, cousins, had played together. Emmeline put out sandwiches, heated the meat soup. What happens now? said Snow, quietly watching her. Emmeline's face was filling again with tears. Her forehead was raw. When she'd knelt to pray, she'd found herself beating her head against the floor, and now fear was leaking out of her in every direction. I don't know, she said. I'm going down to tribal police and sit with your dad. It was such... Emmeline was going to say a terrible accident, but she clapped her hands over her mouth and tears spurted down, wetting her collar for what was there to say about what had happened? An unsayable thing. And Emmeline did not know how she or Landro, or anyone, especially Nola, was going to go on living. Minute by minute, a day passed. Two, Zach came over, sat on the couch, running his hand over his brushy hair. Watch him, he said.